Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about uh, intersection types, and pretty much feeling like I'm about ready to wrap up this chapter. Um, I have, I've got my um, I'm Not an Expert t-shirt on, and I'm definitely not an expert in intersection types, but it's been interesting learning some new things about them, and I wanted to share today, which for what might be the last episode in this chapter, and I, I don't really know what I want to talk about next. Um, so if you have some questions or ideas, have stuff you'd like to hear me talk about, why just shoot me an email. Just find my, just go to my website at the University of Iowa and let me know what you might like to hear about. Uh, and uh, anyway, I was um, I was reading last night because I wanted to. I knew I was going to probably get a chance to drive out of the house. <laughs> Today, it's a it's a noiseux, it's a cloudy day here in uh, Iowa. And uh, anyway, um, I knew I was going to drive out of the house today, so I thought, oh yeah, I want to make sure I've got something decent to talk about about intersection types. Again, not being an expert, I kind of all fired up and jumped in to talk, talk about these a bit, and then uh, found that I, I didn't know enough to say that much consistently. So I've had to do a little reading and studying, which is good. That's kind of, you know, that's part of your job as a professor or researcher is read and study and learn new stuff. So anyway, I took a look last night um, at a pretty awesome work that I hadn't um, consulted before, which is the doctoral dissertation of Benjamin Pierce, who is a currently a full professor of computer science at the University of Pennsylvania and, uh, you know, a leading figure of their programming languages group, which is a, one of the, you know, probably most prominent and largest uh, in the country. And anyway, um, it shouldn't have surprised me, but I was delighted to find that uh, the doctoral dissertation ha- was very clearly and nicely uh, reader- written in a very reader-friendly way, and it contained lots of really cool information and ideas that I hadn't come across before. And I'd like to share one of those with you now, which is, um, which really uh, I'm still scratching my chin about exactly what to make of this, which is looking at intersection typing from intersection types from a church typing perspective. Okay, so let's, to make sense of this, let's review a little bit. So in, in, in Pierce's dissertation, he talks about um, a language with intersection types. And, and uh, I mean, he's interested if there's intersection types, there's subtyping, there's bounded polymorphism where you say like for all types X that are subtypes of some um, a given type. And, uh, you know, so there's a bunch of rich typing features, but again, in this very reader helpful way, he actually spends quite a lot of sort of tutorial time on some of the basics of just intersection types and things like that. And so, um, uh, and he talks about intersection types from a Curry style typing perspective and a church, so church style typing perspective. So just as a review, uh, you know, there's, there's been historically kind of two main ways to do types for um, well, for programming languages or for lambda calculus in type theory and stuff like that. And uh, these are known as Curry style and Church style. And in Curry style typing, you are interested in finding types for just the raw terms of your underlying programming language that don't contain any type information. So in the sort of sort of most classical case, most classic case, I guess you would you just have untyped lambda calculus terms, and then you're trying to find types for these. 
okay, in this or that particular type system with, you know, these or those other kinds of types. So with an intersection type system, you know, you have now these types, you can say A intersect B as a type. And we've talked about these now for this chapter of our podcast a bit. And so, uh, yeah, but the underlying terms you're typing are just the raw, untyped, unannotated terms. Okay. And of course, the, the other perspective on typing is, so this one sort of says the real program, the real term, the real program that really kind of ultimately exists and that we care about is untyped. Okay. With church style typing, it's, um, it's not like that. It's you're, that you're ultimately interested in typed terms. Uh, and actually, Pierce has some pretty nice exp- exposition about this basic distinction about and how, to, how it sort of makes sense in programming languages. It's kind of like for, for a church-style typing, you imagine you're starting with a term with some type annotations or you know, maybe not that many, maybe some. And what you're really trying to figure out is a fully annotated term, like compute every last typing annotation on every subterm of your, your term. Okay, and then that's the thing that's sort of semantically meaningful. Okay, and um, so the part of this that was uh, I hadn't um, hadn't seen before was, you know, for intersection types, we've been talking about them sort of implicitly and sometimes explicitly here from a Curry style perspective, right? I've got this term. The one in the same term could be assigned several different types. And therefore, I can assign it the intersection type. With church style typing, um, this kind of doesn't really make sense because, uh, I mean, if you were thinking about fully annotated terms, um, you know, a fully annotated term uh, with it, yeah, it does. It seems like it sort of specifies its type from all these annotations. So it's hard to see how it could have different types. Um, and so that part, I'm still a little fuzzy on in what Pierce wrote there. And I, I think that's, that's just simply my lack of, I mean, I studied his dissertation for a bit last night, but it's a, you know, pretty mighty tomes, so I didn't get all into it full the, all the way. But, um, but one idea that I saw that resonated with me or was, was intriguing was this idea that um, when you have, so he's talking about intersection types really just in the, with, based on having subtyping. And he, he's thinking about subtyping like, at least in the church style of typing, if I know that A is a subtype of B, you know, under Curry style typing, that's telling you that every term that has type A also has type B. And so it's really, a, you know, semantically, it's, it's expressing a subset relation. If A is a subset of B, that means everything that has type A also has type B. So sort of the meaning of A is included, it's in set theoretic sense, in the meaning of B. Um, but with church style typing, what Pierce explains there, citing a bunch of other works as well, is that we should really think of subtyping in that case as when I have A as a subtype of B, I'm expressing that there is some kind of function from A to B that I'm going to use um, expl- implicitly. Right. So I'm going to basically, if I've type checked my program using subtyping, um, that really, what that means is I need to insert coercions all, uh, in, in my compiler would probably be inserting coercions throughout my code because, you know, say you say, oh, like um, int is a subtype of float or something like that. 
Well, under the hood, you may actually need to do some change of bit level representation. You know, so there may actually be a little function that you need to call to change something from uh, an int to a float. Um, now, I'm a little rusty on my low-level bit representations of numbers, so I'm not quite sure if that's exactly true. But, but certainly, we can imagine similar kind of cases where we're saying, you know, you need to do a change of some kind of low-level change representation, and so using subtyping is really a way of programming with with sort of implicitly applied functions. Which is a pretty neat idea. I mean, just the idea that when I write my code, I would love not to have to write some obvious stuff. And the kinds of functions that underlie subtyping might be the kind of obvious things I don't want to have to write. So, okay, the last little bit of this, though, to explain is, so when it comes to intersection types, what he said is kind of like, um, if I have something of type A intersect B, I shouldn't think of it as saying that I have one term, which could be assigned types A and B. It says I should think of it more as really that I have a pair of terms. So it seems like we're saying it's a pair type. Um, but I'm going to allow to implicitly project out the appropriate member of that pair that I might need to, to do a type, you know, to um, have some typing in a broader context. So if I have something that is both, um, uh, he has this example of kind of like, uh, like default arguments. It's like, Imagine you want to have a function that takes a string and an integer and pads out the string with that many spaces, as with enough spaces to make the string have the length given by the integer. And he said, but um, imagine that what you really want that function to do is it'll either give you that string, or if you want, you can give it a, uh, a character and it'll pad them out with that character instead of with spaces. Okay, so, um, so in other words, saying like, Imagine you kind of want to have a default argument. Like, you really, you're really saying write a function that pads strings out with a particular character, but by default, that character would be a space. Okay? So then he says this kind of pad out function, it takes a string, an int, and then it returns something that's the intersection of string and car arrow string. And he's saying it's not like one of the same thing I return to you is both going to be a string and a function that takes a character and gives you a string. I mean, that's. Like from a curry perspective, that seems that doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm not going to have something that's both a string and a, a function that pads out that string with a character. Right? What the heck? That's not going to be. But in this church-style approach to intersection types, that is fine, and it just means I basically have a pair, but under the hood, whenever you, I mean the, the language is going to take care of projecting out the right component of that pair where I need it. So somewhere, if I, if I call this like pad out function, and then I say print the result, well, then the language is going to see, oh, printing needs a string. You've given me this thing that's an intersection of a string and a card of string function. I'm going to implicitly insert this little function that knows to go from, you know, from a, an intersection type to the first type of, that's being intersected. And so in a sense, I'm basically, like this idea of intersection, I, I feel then is kind of, um, well, it's, as he says, it's not, he doesn't want, as Pierce says in his dissertation, he wants to try to get away from thinking of this particular type as an intersection. To which I guess I would say, I feel like you're coming up with a different type. <laughs> Something that's like a uh, product type, because under the hood, you're, we're talking about really having these functions return pairs, like a pair of the string and the function that's going to do this extra padding with a different um, character. 
but uh, your language is going to take care of implicitly picking out the right component of that pair, um, which it seems pretty cool. But it, it definitely feels different from, I mean, like maybe, you know, a, a critic would say, well, you're just so steeped in this Curry-style view of intersection types that you can't kind of see it a different way. To which I'd say, well, intersection types, I mean, we are talking about, and they get the name because we're thinking of them as doing an intersection. And this feature, I mean, it, what what's essential to an intersection type? To me, it's the essential idea is that one and the same term can have different types. But here, this feature of sort of like church-style intersection types is doing something different. It's very, it's pretty cool, but it's not the same as that. Okay, that's all I had to share with you for today. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, and uh, yeah, shoot me an email if you got any questions or anything like that. It's nice to hear from people. Uh, I do get people sending me emails now and again, just sort of like introducing themselves or um, asking questions and stuff. So um, anyway, thanks again for listening. Take care.